Chapter 9 of The Story of Ab. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christine Blashford. The Story of Ab by Stanley Waterloo. Chapter 9 Domestic Matters. Attention has already been called to the fact that the family of Ab were of the aristocracy of the region, and it should be added that the interior of One Ear's mansion corresponded with his standing in the community. It was a fine cave, there was no doubt about that, and Red Spot was a notable housekeeper. As a rule, the bones remaining about the fire after a meal were soon thrown outside, at least they were never allowed to accumulate for more than a month or two. The beds were excellent, for, in addition to the mass of leaves heaped upon the earth, which formed a resting place for the family, there were spread the skins of various animals. The water privileges of the establishment were extensive, for there was the river in front, much utilised for drinking purposes. There were ledges and shelves of rock projecting here and there from the sides of the cave, and upon these were laid the weapons and implements of the household, so that excepting an occasional bone upon the earthen floor, or perhaps a spattering of red where some animal had been cut up for roasting, the place was very neat indeed. The fact that the smoke from the fire could, when the wind was right, ascend easily through the roof, made the residence one of the finest within a large district of the country. As to light, it cannot be said that the house was well provided. The fire at night illuminated a small area, and in the daytime light entered through the doorway, and to an extent through the hole in the cave's top, as did also the rains, but the light was by no means perfect. The doorway, for obvious reasons, was narrow, and there was a huge rock, long ago rolled inside with much travail, which could on occasion be utilised in blocking the narrow passage. Barely room to squeeze by this obstruction existed at the doorway. The sneaking but dangerous hyena had a keen scent and was full of curiosity. The monster bear of the time was ever hungry, and the great cave tiger, though rarer, was, as has been shown, a haunting dread. Great attention was paid to doorways in those days, not from an artistic point of view exactly, but from reasons cogent enough in the estimation of the cavemen. But the cave was warm and safe, and the sharp eyes of its inhabitants, accustomed to the semi-darkness, found slight difficulty in discerning objects in the gloom. Very content with their habitation were all the family, and Red Spot particularly, as a chatelaine should, felt much pride in her surroundings. It may be added that the family of One Ear was a happy one. His life with Red Spot was the sequence of what might be termed a fortunate marriage. It is true that standards vary with times, and that the demeanour of the couple toward each other was occasionally not what would be counted the index of domestic felicity in this more artificial and deceptive age. It was never fully determined whether One Ear or Red Spot could throw a stone axe with the greater accuracy, although certainly he could hurl one with greater force than could his wife, but the deftness of each in eluding such dangerous missiles was about the same, and no great harm had at any time resulted from the effects of momentary ebullitions of anger, followed by action on the part of either. There had not been at any time a scandal in the family. The pair were faithful to each other. Society was somewhat scattered in those days, and the cave twain, anywhere, were generally as steadfast as the lion and the lioness. It was centuries later, too, before the cavemen's posterity became degenerate enough, or prosperous enough, or safe enough, to be polygamous, and so far as the area of the Thames Valley, or even the entire Paris Basin, as it is called, was concerned, monogamy held its own very fairly, from the shell-beds of the earliest kitchen middens to the time of the Bronze Axe, and the dawn of what we now call civilization. There were now five members in this family of the period, One Ear, Red Spot, Ab, Bark and Beechleaf, the two last named being Ab's younger brother and little more than baby sister. The names given them had come in the same accidental way as had the name of Ab. The brother, when very small, had imitated in babyish way the barking of some wolfish creature outside which had haunted the cave's vicinity at night-time, and so the name of Bark, bestowed accidentally by Ab himself, had become the youngster's title for life. 
as to beechleaf she had gained her name in another way she was a fat and joyous little specimen of a cave baby and not much addicted to lying as dormant as babies sometimes do the bearskin upon which her mother laid her had not infrequently proven too limited an area for her exploits and she would roll from it into the great bed of beech leaves upon which it was placed and become fairly lost in the brown mass so often had this hilarious young lady to be disinterred from the beech-leaf bed that the name given her came naturally through association of ideas between the birth of ab and that of his younger brother an interval of five years had taken place the birth of the sister occurring three or four years later so it came that ab in the absence of his father and mother was distinctly the head of the family admonitory to his brother with ideas as to the physical discipline requisite on occasion and in a rude way fond of and protective toward the baby sister there was a certain regularity in the daily programme of the household although with reference to what was liable to occur outside it can hardly be said to have partaken of the element of monotony the work of the day consisted merely in getting something to eat and in this work father and mother alike took an active part their individual duties being somewhat varied in a general way one ear relied upon himself for the provision of flesh but there were roots and nuts and fruits in their season and in the gathering of these red spot was an admitted expert not that all her efforts were confined to the fruits of the soil and forest for she could if need be assist her husband in the pursuit or capture of any animal she was not less clever than he in that animal's subsequent dissection and was far more expert in its cooking in the tanning of skins she was an adept so it chanced that at this time the father and mother frequently left the cave together in the morning their elder son remaining as protector of the younger inmates when occasionally he went with his parents or was allowed to venture forth alone extra precautions were taken as to the cave's approaches just outside the entrance was a stone similar to the one on the inside and when the two young children were left unguarded this outside barricade was rolled against what remained of the entrance so that the small people though prisoners were at least secure from dangerous animals of course there were variations in the programme there was that degree of fellowship among the cavemen even at this early age to allow of an occasional banding together for hunting purposes a battle of some sort or the surrounding and destruction of some of the greater animals at such times one ear would be absent from the cave for days and ab and his mother would remain sole guardians the boy enjoyed these occasions immensely they gave him a fine sense of responsibility and importance and did much toward the development of the manhood that was in him increasing his self-reliance and perfecting him in the art of winning his daily bread or what was daily bread's equivalent at the time in which he lived it was not in outdoor and physical life alone that he grew there was something more to him a combination of traits somewhere which made him a little beyond and above the mere seeker after food he was never entirely dormant a sleeper on the skins and beech leaves even when in the shelter of the cave after the day's adventures he reasoned according to such gifts as circumstances had afforded him and he had the instinct of devising an instinct toward devising was a great thing to its possessor in the time of the cave people we know very well to-day or think we know that the influence of the mother in most cases dominates that of the father in making the future of the man-child it may be that this comes because in early life the boy throughout the time when all he sees or learns will be most clear in his memory until he dies is more with the woman parent than with the man who is afield or it may be there is some criss-cross law of nature which makes the man ordinarily transmit his qualities to the daughter and the woman transmit hers to the son about that we do not know yet but it is certain that ab was more like his mother than his father and that in these young days of his he was more immediately under her influence and red spot was superior in many ways to the ordinary woman of the cave time it was good for the boy that he was so under the maternal dominion and that as he lingered about the cave he aided in the making of threads of sinew or intestine or looked on interestedly as his mother using the bone needle which he often sharpened for her with his flint scraper sewed together the skins which made the garments of the family 
The needle was one without an eye, a mere awl, which made holes through which the thread was pushed. As the growing boy lounged or laboured near his mother, alternately helpful or annoying as the case might be, he learned many things which were of value to him in the future, and resolved upon brave actions which should be greatly to his credit. He was but a cub, a young being almost as unreasoning in some ways as the beasts of the wood, but he had his hopes and vanities, as has even the working beaver or the dancing crane, and from the long mother-talks came a degree of definiteness of outline to his ambitions. He would be the greatest hunter and warrior in all the region. The cave-mother easily understood her child's increasing daringness and vigour, and though swift to anger and strong of hand, she could not but feel a pride in and tell her tales to the boy beside her. After a time, when the family of Oak returned to the cave above, and the boys were much together again, the mother began to see less of her son. The influence of the days spent by her side remained with the boy, however, and much that he learned there was of value in his later active life. End of chapter 9